I'm Holly Tucker, and welcome to my podcast, Conversations of Inspiration. Founder of Not On The High Street and Holly & Co., I'm the UK ambassador of creative small businesses. I believe that having a business doing what you love is the key to a happy, fulfilled life. And my dream is to help everyone start theirs. I'm here to offer advice, inspiration, wisdom and encouragement. And in my view, the greatest way to do this is by sharing stories. So I've reached out to all my favourite small businesses, acclaimed entrepreneurs and those who just simply inspire me and ask them to share theirs. With thanks to our sponsor NatWest, who have helped bring this free podcast to life. Here are my conversations of inspiration. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down This week, I'm speaking to florist and flower aficionado Freddie Garland, founder of Freddie's Flowers. With the surname Garland, of course Freddie had to become a florist. But thanks to Freddie's desire to do things differently, he's taken his buds into the world of the subscription model. It's still very early days for Freddie and the whole future is ahead of him. But starting as a delivery driver for Abel and Cole, Freddie had the light bulb moment of delivering flowers in clever boxes, weekly deliveries, along with flower arranging tips and advice. With an ill-fated milk float delivery service and very early mornings at the flower market, the road to success hasn't been an easy one. However, his business is now growing from strength to strength and Freddie has recently moved to larger warehouses due to his ever-expanding customer base. I visited Freddie in his floral HQ in London, where I hope our conversation helps those who think they have a wild idea to do something no one has ever done before in maybe an industry that's hundreds of years old. Freddie and I chatted about the passion for floristry, the early embryonic days of starting out and how we're all moving towards a world of the subscription model. Hi, Freddie. It's so wonderful to be here in your shed at Freddie's Flower HQ. It's not so much a shed anymore. I know that's where you started. It's a warehouse. And so it's fantastic to be here. And there's a real fantastic bugs amongst everyone working here. I've been a cheerleader of yours since you started. I remember actually signing up on the banks of the River Thames and was told that I was one of your very first subscribers. That was a few years ago now. And I've always loved my boxes on the doorstep and the beautiful illustrations and witty and brilliant tone of voice. So I can't wait to meet the infamous Freddie Garland and hear your story. So first things first, are you really called Freddie Garland or did you change it for marketing reasons? Hi Holly, I am really called Freddie Garland, that is my surname. My dad is Peter Garland and he was a owner of a flower shop for 30 years. And so I don't know whether it's a weird thing that happens when your surname is that and you just go down the the same route, but we are both in the flower industry and my surname is Garland, so it's cool. 
Good. Right. Well, fantastic. And it's very lucky that you love flowers. But Mr. Garland, I was wondering if you could share your story on how Freddie's Flowers came about. Yes, from the beginning. From, from, the, beginning, from the beginning, right from the beginning. Right, well, started in October 2014, and I had been working for Abel & Cole, who are the organic fruit and vegetable delivery company, where having, I left, if I go back even further, I left university having got a shocking degree. And uh, What I, was I, it in? It was in popular and world music, which, you know, I get a lot of, ooh, cool from some people, but it was just useless at Leeds University. And I did three years there and got a, a third, which no one, I'd, a gentleman's degree, I call it, because I, <laughs> I, it kind of, I really did very little work to get it. So, you know, two, two, I feel implies you've tried a little bit, but a third is like, I did nothing. So I kind of left and I literally didn't know what I was going to do. And then, fortunately, a friend was working for Abel and Cole and he said, do you want to come and um, try some door-to-door sales for them, for Keith Abel, who kind of gave me that opportunity to, um, you know, to, to get a team together and just start something from, from the ground up, which was very exciting with, you know, a minimal salary and some commission and just said, get on with it. Get me X amount of customers per week through this. So I said, cool. I literally went out and found all of my university pals who were in a similar situation, but, you know, just looking for jobs. And they came and started knocking on doors with me and got a bit of structure. And then, you know, I did did that for four years and got it to a really great position where we were getting, you know, sort of, I think it was about, I can't remember how many customers a week, actually, but a lot of customers, a significant amount of customers a week for Abel & Cole, which was really exciting. And then I kind of, thought I'd got that to its peak. I'd been thinking for the last three, two years that I really do love flowers. And I think there's nothing, you know, flowers are a wonderful thing and they're kind of more interesting and exciting than vegetables and kind of creative. And surely people, you know, there's, it's not very, you don't, you can't just go out and buy flowers for yourself. It's quite a weird thing to do. And yet people really love them in their home. So surely there's some disconnect there. So I thought um, I'm not going to do Abel and Cole anymore and started setting up Freddie's Flowers. I actually sought Keith's advice pretty early on because obviously he'd done Abel and Cole and I thought, you know, he, he gave me some advice and I bought a milk float and I bought and I just set up shop in my mum and dad's garden in Wandsworth. And using the door-to-door skills I'd sort of learnt... I just set out around Wandsworth and started knocking on doors and um, and chatting to people. You know, I had nothing more than a piece of paper with some photographs of flowers on it and went up to people's doorsteps and just kind of said, you know, do you want to give my idea a go? And they said, yes, we, you know, let, let's try it. Was it, a, was it a success from the second you started in terms of those first few doors that you knocked on. Yeah, it was actually, yeah. I, was you know, it? Because that's, that, that must have been so encouraging for you. It was, it was encouraging, but I just, I don't remember a great sense of, um, I didn't feel that, uh, you know, enthusiastic. I was just like terrified of the, of the whole thing. There was no sort of, oh, that's great, I've got a few customers. It was then kind of like, crikey, how am I going to actually do this. Th- do this or deliver to these three customers? So, you know, you kind of go from, you get a customer that you're like, 
okay, I've got this person, which is great, but now I'm terrified that I'm not going to be able to fulfill it. Yes. So there's kind of a constant sense of I've got to fulfill this person's, the, the promise, if you know yes. what I mean. Yes, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's almost, yeah, I remember getting the first customer and, and getting home that night and my dad was like, what, you know, bloody hell, how have you got, I got three in kind of two, two hours, I remember, on the first day yeah. Yeah. up the road from here. And uh, I kind of got home and told dad and, and mum and they were like, wow, that's incredible. And then I was just kind of like, okay, Crikey, how do I do this? What, what do I do now? You know, yeah. like, yeah. how do I do it? Because it, you, you've got a base plan, but not really much more than that. You know, yeah. I, hadn't, I hadn't sort of rehearsed the flowers that were going to go in the box or anything. Well, you could have got no customers. Those I first, could have got no customers. Exactly. And that's probably subconsciously what you were thinking might actually happen. Yeah. Yeah. There's no sense of, I, I believe, you know, I, there's no sense of, I believe this is going to work. So my sort of pitch to start with wasn't even Freddie's flowers. It, it, it wasn't kind of, hi, I'm Freddie. It was like, hi, I'm from a company called Freddie's Flowers. You know, like, I don't know, just a real sense of, I'm not sure this is actually going to work. So I've got to make it sound bigger than it sort of is. <laughs> and then someone actually said, yes. And I was like, yeah. And I was, you know, taking card details on the doorstep. So I had all these card details on me and, and oh my went goodness. home and then, and then, yeah. And then, uh, and that was kind the of, beginning. And that was, that was the beginning. Yeah. And, and very, it is exciting, but it was, it was terrifying. You know, yeah. It's kind of excitement mixed with fear. It's also very inspiring. And I love that you obviously, through your experience with Abel and Cole, love the subscription model. It's something that is spoken about a lot now in the business world and how the subscription economy is revolutionizing the way that we shop. Yeah. Unbelievably, an estimated 58 million Brits now subscribe to services. They are all um, your customers, I'm assuming. All of them. The whole, yeah, yeah. whole lot. Got Fanta- them all. Brilliant. <laughs> And, and when you think back to how we used to subscribe, I mean, I was thinking before this interview that we subscribed really to getting our papers delivered at the weekend. Then we would subscribe to Sky. And now it seems that the UK basically is full of very, very busy adults. They spend approximately £18.50 per month on subscription services, such as now groceries, beauty. I know a huge new one is shaving. Oh, yes. Um, And this looks like it might be a considerable future retail model. It's a world that you're now obviously a bit of an expert in. You started your career at Abel & Cole, as you said, and then you formed this florist subscription company. How difficult was it to start a subscription business? And are there any lessons that you learned along the way? Because I had the concept was you know, a different arrangement of flowers each week. I found it reasonably simple to explain that to people and sort of get people to buy into the overall idea. You know, the sense of flowers are just going to improve your life and they do not last forever. So you do need these things regularly. You know, people really understood that. And were, and because I, I was so clearly just kind of me and my uh, and my shed as I said you know people were so happy to support the concept there were very few customers that I lost uh, for for that first year you know people were so supportive of it and therefore you know for me I found the concept of subscription quite simple to get across because there was such a clear idea behind it I, I suppose you also had that experience from Abel and Cole you'd sort of seen how it worked 
that's a very good point I did have a lot of understanding around you know so I was able to kind of map out in my mind visualize it I could visualize it and but I'm no you know I'm rubbish at excel for example but at least I knew that my starting point was I was going to have my customers down the left hand side you know their frequency somewhere and I knew how many deliveries I needed to make on what day of the week but I would say that I didn't you know through even though I worked at Abel and Cole I wouldn't have I didn't learn that much about the actual workings of it other than I, I knew how to sell a subscription, you know. So yes, you weren't actually I wasn't picking sort of, and packing I wasn't, and no, I wasn't putting those boxes together no, and getting them out to precisely. I didn't know the business plan of it. I didn't, I hadn't sort of, you know, I wasn't involved in, in, in any sort of the, the big numbers, really. I was just had a, a great big team of people that, that understood that people needed vegetables every week and therefore was very easy to talk about. So, so where did sense, you get those first flowers from? Where did I? Yeah. Well, I started off going to the New Covent Garden Flower Market in yep. Vauxhall, which back then was a very cool place. But now it's just become, it's a bit more of a kind of, it's actually almost a giant florist now. It's a bit different. It used to be a bit more sort of, you know, feel a bit more old school in there. Um, so I started off by going there. But then again, because because I realised that my the, the, you know how I wanted it to work was that customers get the same arrangement each each week they couldn't really support that so you know you can't you can't really pre-book with New Covent Garden Flower Market they kind of have in there what they've got and I need let's say 200 of exactly the same variety of rows so and that they didn't necessarily have that so I then found a, a place a bit further out where I could you know actually just order the flowers uh, go and pick them up and then and then and then bring them back to my work to my you know tent in in mum's garden and and pack them from there which was which was great and I suppose you were I'm right in saying apart from mum and dad you were one man band so uh, yeah. I know that Covent Garden's uh what a 3am start yeah yeah yeah. and yeah. so tell yeah. me about that those what would be a typical day right at the beginning a typical day I mean yeah, as I'm sure you know, you know, yeah, some brutal days because I suppose the, the the nature of it was, you know, getting up to go and collect the flowers uh, at you know three o'clock. It, it it was three to be there for sort of four to actually get the things, bringing them back to Wandsworth, where actually Mum was unbelievably helpful as well in in the first bit. So you know she was amazing, and we would spend you know then about two or three hours actually preparing the flowers so it took takes ages actually because of, because what we do is we we you know cut them all the right lengths and stuff so the customers don't have to do that so uh, doing all that side of it defoliating them and things like that took forever then you know it was we it took quite a while to actually get them in in the boxes and we had a kind of reasonably good production lineup where we could get six boxes on each side of the tent and we'd just go round with one flower and then around with the next flower and uh, keep going like that. And then if you had 100 boxes or 60 boxes or whatever it was, that actually took a hell of a long time. So by this point, it was maybe nine, nine o'clock or something or eight o'clock. And then, and then I'd be off delivering. So I got my van here, which is kind of I, I started with a milk float that was awful. I hear it's called, is it called Milky? Yes, yeah, yes. Well, it was yes. called Milky, but it, it was, and it was a nightmare. I mean, I, I drove up to Leeds to collect this thing with a sort of a pickup truck thing that I'd hired and didn't test drive it up in Leeds. So I then 
you know, it took me seven hours to drive back from Leeds with this very precarious milk flow on something that was way too small for quite a big thing. And then I got it home and kind of did one effort at a delivery round. And I had a sign on the back saying, please don't hoot because I can't go any faster. And How then, fast did it go? Seven miles an hour, which is walking. <laughs> it is literally, it's, 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 it's walking, walking pace. So I had... <laughs> So I did have, I had a tail of, I had, I had 40 boxes on my wagon and a tail of cars and I could, I made one delivery and turn around and, and then I had the issue that it was, um, residents parking at mum, at mum and dad's from 10 to 11 in the morning. So I had this milk float that I couldn't sell. That was, I, I got three tickets a week for, for a bit cause it was, and I just couldn't <laughs> shift it. And then I, some guy just offered me like a quarter of the price that I bought it for. And I was like yeah just please take it so, so that was the, a noble the, the rounds so then, weren't quite efficient in terms of your speed of delivery well i just i mean it would it would have taken i i think it would have it would have taken me 15 hours to do one of the delivery rounds i mean it just was not physically possible so I, and i and i was so hopeful it would work and then i realized just just no way so i bought my latest vehicle which is a suzuki carry and i absolutely love it so you know i was able to deliver that around in the early days, it was either Wandsworth or Wandsworth or Putney or Fulham or Barnes were kind of where I started off knocking on doors. And then, you know, straight out to go and meet new potential customers. Knocking on doors. Knocking on doors from about four in the afternoon till eight in the evening, you know, spend four hours doing that. And then printing out leaflets for the, you know, the night I make these leaflets that go in the boxes, explaining how to arrange it and stuff. So I was printing those out on little cards in the evening and using my crappy guillotine to sort of create them. And, you know, and then, it, and then it was about 11, 11 o'clock at night and, and, and then back again Four the next hours day. Sleep and then again. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was long actually. Yeah. Well, it's, it's what I just love about that story is that um, so many people will resonate if exactly. they have started a business yeah, because no, it's not, it yeah. is not sexy is it and it's not cool it's yeah. and when you look back it's actually adorable isn't it you actually adore the early story because it's yeah, you do it's yeah. everything that you know you're putting everything into it you're yeah. driving at seven miles an hour whatever it was it sounds awfully you know the, all the, the stories always sound very very nice and um, yeah not it's not so great at the time is it no it's not <laughs> but um, you do have a sense of kind of I mean I've never felt alive like it you know you just have this unbelievable sense of you know you can you there's just endless opportunity with what you're doing because if you've got the faith in your idea and you know people do start liking it then you just get kind of totally carried away you feel so energized on it and the kind of you know friday night i remember being completely pickled each week and i remember falling falling asleep in the bath every friday night for like an hour and you know and just being like completely conked out uh but yeah, you kind of feel pretty alive. So looking at that subscription model, um, mm. changing now the way that customers consume flowers, usually they're seen as this luxury or uh, a gift item. But you wanted to change that and you believe that everyone should be able to afford flowers. Do you find that this attitude has now changed? So you started in 2014. Yeah. Um, do you feel now that there's been a shift? Mm. Yeah. And I feel at the time people, you know, just the first people I spoke to were very, I'm sure everyone gets it when they have a, you know, you have a business idea and it works. People think it's a good idea, but there was a real sense of, oh gosh, yes, I, I 
really think that's a great idea. I love having, I love it when people buy me flowers. Why wouldn't I buy it for myself? And now, it, because people are, are giving it a go, it feels pretty normal, acceptable thing to, to spend your money on, I think. It's incredible, hasn't it? The change that we've seen in consumers from what we're looking at, the subscription model, which only a while ago wasn't a thing. You know, you yeah. just didn't have anything delivered. No, it's and true, And now actually, when we look it? at that, it feels like it's a very promising model and one that's actually going to now just grow and, and, and be normal for people that you don't have to educate them about. Yeah, because it does just, it, it makes, it, you know, a subscription... The very nature of it is making your life quite a lot easier than it, than it otherwise would be. With flowers, it's a cheaper way of, of getting interesting things and making your home look nice. So it's kind of why, yeah, it's just a, it's just a, a nice thing to do. And it saves on wastage. Am I right in thinking that you don't don't have to throw away as much? Yeah, and I'd say you know one of the key things that there is my you know my dad did he had this flower shop and and had to shut he had a flower shop called townscapes in pimlico and he had a his you know in a landscape business contracting thing business underneath it and he decided that the flower shop was a fairly difficult thing to do because you kind of end up with so much wastage that you end up almost having to crank your prices up on on the other flowers in order to make it viable I hadn't actually thought of that because you walk past a flower shop and of course you've got to make your flower shop look attractive. Yeah. You got so you've you got, got to have, to flowers have a everywhere. lot of flowers. Yeah. But it's not to say that anyone's going to be buying those no. specific flowers that you've chosen. No, precisely. You know, and that and that affects the cost of of flowers in, within that flower shop. So by nature they are quite an expensive uh, method of of buying flowers and that's why I believe they are you know gifts really. Whereas with a subscription, we know precisely how many customers we are delivering to in a week, which means, you know, if we've got five varieties of flowers in the arrangement, we can really say to the grower, we need precisely this amount for this week of the year. You know, we're cutting out all the middlemen and going straight to the grower and they grow for us 5,000 roses. And there's literally no wastage at the end of the week and therefore because we plan in advance we can buy cheaper flowers uh we put more of them in the box so it's better value for the customer you know yeah i know it's absolutely fantastic i wanted to interrupt this podcast with such exciting news for the small business community We're running a competition over the next 10 weeks for a chance to win an ad break on this very podcast, Conversations of Inspiration. NatWest, who we partner with, have donated their very own ad break space as they wanted to give it to small businesses in order to help their dreams succeed. It's this generosity that makes NatWest our partner. Each week, one small business will get their advert played in the middle of the latest episode of Conversations of Inspiration for tens of thousands of people to hear that week, but hundreds of thousands of people to listen to when it reaches our podcast library. I'll be looking for the most creative, interesting adverts to feature. We'd love to hear from the founders with perhaps an anecdote about what your small business means to you. 
what you do, what you create. You might want to share the story of why you started your business. Just remember, it needs to be under two minutes. Whilst we're looking for good quality ads, don't worry, you don't need any fancy equipment. You can record your well thought through adverts straight into your phone and email us at independentadbreaks at holly.co. Head to my website holly.co or my Instagram to find out more. Don't miss this utterly brilliant and free opportunity to broadcast your small business to thousands of listeners. Thanks to our partner, NatWest. Good luck. One of the things that I also love about your brand and what I think makes you stand out so much is what I refer to as bringing colour to grey your creativity from your beautiful illustrated boxes your brilliant tone of voice the fact that you have a card that tells you how to arrange the flowers your social media your butcher's bikes that I see everywhere delivering flowers or selling subscriptions have you always been creative and how did you translate that into your brand these little touches is that very you I wouldn't say I've always obviously been creative I mean I think it all came very naturally to me when when I started this up so I think maybe you know I was quite creative at Abel and Cole I suppose in the way that I was able to uh, generate you know a, a get loads of people together and kind of sell stuff and make that fun and lively and keep that entertaining for all of those people so I suppose that's that that's creative in a way and then when I sort of came to start doing this just all of the ideas just kind of started flowing very very easily and I found it all you know, just getting across what I wanted into that one box of flowers uh, has just been, I found quite a simple concept from the idea of getting the box and, and understanding that I wanted to kind of put them in a box and flat pack them and, and provide arrangement instructions and stuff. Educate people on flowers. That's what I really see it as, you know, that's a peak of where we're trying to go is kind of make floristry like a, a you know, a thing that people are interested in. And is that so, a passion you know, of yours, that, that sort of the heritage of flowers, the educating, the... Yeah. I know you believe almost that having this box gives us all 20 minutes to just yeah. arrange our you flowers. Know, and yoga. actually that's... A, yeah. You know, mindfulness and, and relaxing of your brain and, and being creative yourself is so important. You know, I started off thinking this is a way of kind of getting the outside, you know, getting... The, what I used to tell people is it's like bringing the seasons inside you know you're harnessing nature and bringing it indoors you know people like to spend money on art and I just saw this as quite a sort of fluid art and then you know yeah the whole education side of it I feel really strongly about so uh, informing people about the flowers and floristry is an extremely relaxing thing to do and very rarely in this busy world that people require subscription you know do they get a chance to kind of chill out and, you know, we just get so much wonderful feedback about people who enjoy opening the box, reading the instructions, learning a bit about it and then arranging them. And then the joy of kind of watching it all open. Yeah. And by the end of it, you're just like this is this is a very nice thing to have around, which the customer has, has made. And, you know, you just feel quite wholesome about it, I think. Your dad ran a florist. Your mum worked in the florist. Am I right in saying? Yeah. So you had flowers around you for 
your whole childhood. My whole life, my whole life, yeah. Your whole yeah. childhood. Yeah. So you've taken away this beauty from flowers. You're giving us all this moment to arrange flowers. Did your parents inspire you at the beginning? I would say, so to start with, you know, I didn't really think about flowers much at all, if I'm honest, until um, I was, you know, maybe a couple of years before starting this. I started thinking, well, hang on, this is interesting. And by that point, dad and mum had sold the shop. It was, you know, I'd say it's the whole sense, possibly, of my dad just being a, a bit of a, you know, he'd never been to university. He kind of dropped out of school at a youngish age. And I suppose, in a sense, there was just quite a freedom in watching him able to do what he wanted which I found looking back on it quite rewarding and and then you know I worked for him a lot when I was a little bit older and kind of watching him out on the job was always quite fun so the fact that he was able to kind of create that and then just kind of go and do it which I was just growing up around was very nice and then kind of added to that was the fact that it was in flowers but I have to say when I started it being honest, mum was much more an advocate of doing it. And dad said, don't, you know, flowers are, are a risky business. You know, don't watch out because I've had, I've had a difficult time with them, you know. Said that politely? He, no, <laughs> not really, no. He was like, bloody, he, yeah. he was pretty against it to start with. But your mum was there? My mum was uh, unbelievable. She was there every morning, you know, helping and spreading the word around her pals. Yeah, she... I, and yeah. I'm assuming your audience is predominantly female maybe that's why she just knew it was the right idea as in she was the potential consumer yeah I, I mean I think we do have a lot of male customers but it's probably predominantly female and yeah she just thought this is a nice thing and then and then, and then you do come back with more customers each day and she starts realizing that we're making more boxes each day it was it was really fun and it was a nice time for us we just have radio two on in the morning and you know just and she we just enjoyed being with each other as well which is quite nice it's Uh, it's such a it's a quite sweet yeah it's really (laughs) lovely and I bet she's incredibly proud they're both proud of what you've created here and just touch on then having a dream and actually you know sometimes saying be careful what you dream for because sometimes Mm. it does come true yeah scaling a business so you started off in that tent that shed with your mum radio two yeah you now have 27 people Am I right in saying? What's it been like going from a one-man band to now having to be the boss, yeah. delegate, scale? Tell me what that process has been and has, have you had to develop new skills in order to be able to accomplish what you've accomplished? Mm. Yeah, it is about 80 we've got. It, the, the, the figure's oh, about... Yeah, yeah, no, sorry. Good. No, no, don't worry, but I thought I might as well say. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. I'd say that... It's, it's difficult. I mean, you do just have to do so many uh, different things. And, you know, we've got such a young sort of energetic team of people who are all very keen to kind of make it work. And um, lots of people have been here since, you know, Harry out there who now kind of heads up our team of guys who go out and sort of on the bikes, for example. You know, he, he, he did help me a little bit kind of in the early days, like getting new customers and stuff. So lots of people have been here since, since the very start. And, you know, just over time, you kind of see what they're good at and what they're enjoying doing. And then they get kind of more engaged in that, in that side of it and just kind of start taking the lead in it. And before long, you've kind of got, to an extent, departments that kind of, you know, do, do what's required. 
And have you been, is that something that you've, there's little tipping points, I feel. Um, mm. Certainly when you have 80 members of staff, you've got to organise those people. As you said, departments need to be created. Processes have to be created, although even though you want a fluid and sort of entrepreneurial uh, vibe and setup, yep. there's just a practicality, isn't there, when you scale your business. Yep. How have you found that element of the business? Have you got different people that take on certain things that you feel you're not as good as, as you've yeah. scaled? What's that been like? You know, I feel I can get very energetic about things and kind of come up with ideas and, and, and give the ideas a go. And then there are people who are far better at kind of managing those ideas and are able to kind of uh, get them down and, and actually produce them yeah I mean and, and and so you have to hand over that that kind of responsibility to people have you found that easy I've are not you, are you control freak uh am I a control freak yeah yeah I probably yeah I, pro- I probably am a bit of a control freak but therefore you know I may but, but therefore if you keep an eye on what's going on you kind of maintain that that sense of well I it's happening in the way that we'd like it to you know but also have a huge amount of trust in everyone who, who works here and, and everyone is allowed to just give ideas a go and, and run with them but then we all meet up very regularly and have lots of chats about stuff and, and we all know what's going on and tell me about your thoughts about Freddie's Flowers in the future. Well, at the moment, we literally have, we do, you know, for four years, we've just focused on one box and making that look absolutely beautiful. And we really don't have much ambition to change that. We've breached a very small amount of the UK and there are many, many more people who, who would like to give this a go. And as long as we keep the flowers entertaining and, you know, we just develop little things like that. So I'm going to change what the leaf looks like. We've got a really cool cartoonist who's going to start doing some fun things for that. So there's so many more people in, in England we, we could speak to and get them giving it a go. You know, there really isn't a great sense of we've got a five-year ambitious plan at all. It is just constantly kind of tweaking everything to make it 5% better. You know, we just sort of roll along coming up with new ideas. How are we going to meet more people? And, and get the word out there, basically. And always flowers, because I know other companies that have sometimes started in flowers have developed into flowers plus something else. Is that your future, or is Freddie Garland always going to be in flowers? I just think, if you know, we are very definitely flowers, and we just want to be the best flower business that there is. And I think we've got a great product that is you know that box of flowers is is pretty amazing and actually just the sole focus has got to be on making that one arrangement that's in someone's house like completely unbeatable for the amount of money and now i just think each one you know we get lots of feedback and they are just looking brilliant but i think yeah definitely stick to stick to flowers always get it better Always room for I um, use the analogy that running your own small business is like being on a roller coaster. Mm. Can I ask you what your proudest moment, your greatest high so far has been? Yes, and I, I thought, yes. I haven't had a moment where I, I genuinely haven't had necessarily a moment where I'm like, I feel proud of this one moment. You know, I feel a great deal of satisfaction in the fact that you know what I what I love is having this team of people, and what you know creating a business actually does. So, you know the fact that we have eighty people, 
and what you see within this group of 80 people, you know, how much comes out of that and the fact that you've given a lot of opportunity to people, you know, for example, we, you know, we have these bikes all around London and um, on those bikes are kind of started off with just sort of my brother's pals and, uh, and my friends. And then, you know, you look for sort of like-minded people and they might be actors who don't have a lot of work or, you know, we get a lot of creative people who are kind of looking for part-time work. And, you know, so many of them just find it's a good way of making money and it kind of supports them. It goes on their CV and, and you know, when you've done door-to-door or face-to-face selling, you know, it's just like employers look at you in a whole new light. I can't, so many people just say, I went into an interview and they cut through all the other crap they didn't look at my university degree they didn't look at my a levels or any other job but they just wanted to talk to me about how i sold flowers on someone's doorstep through those bikes of employ you know we, we've had over 500 or you know a thousand people who have come through the doors and given those bikes a go and it's all it's helped them all in some way so i feel very proud well, proud is back to the word proud yeah <laughs> proud and yeah. satisfied of, of just the, the, yeah. the people i think and so on the on that roller coaster we have to have those dips what would you say is your lowest moment so far yes well the low moments you know i have had low moments where it is like um for example i think it was in the first year right i remember i've been up for a long time and i was stuck in um somewhere around Hammersmith and I'd been delivering all day and it was kind of six in the evening and I had 10 deliveries left to do which was going to take me another two hours and then I knew I had loads more to do and I just had this sort of breakdown on the side of the road where I hadn't eaten enough and I was just in a horrific state and sort of phoned up someone and started crying on the phone and it was just in a real pickle and then you know you get there was a there was a moment where we ended up having all of the packing team had to finish their day and there were still X amount, X hundred amount of boxes that required packing. And so I, me and three others had to go and we, we packed from 10 at night through to seven the next morning. So there's kind of a difference between, you know, there are lots of hard moments, but you were like, yes, I've got through that. You know, low moments are when if something goes wrong with the flowers, which, you know, if I'm on it, it has done before. And you start getting customers who are very upset, you know, and, and, and feeling let down. Then that is when I feel at my most kind of helpless and sort of, you know, at the end vulnerable. of the week, vulnerable and just like this is how have we got into this situation? And you have had a few negative reviews, like a Google review or something. You know, you're just like, oh, God, this is how have I let this happen? But it, but it means you work bloody hard to improve it the next week and don't make that mistake again. But that's when I feel my most low is when you've flowers have gone wrong for whatever reason and, and customers are upset about it. The buck stops with you and you take you take that on board. Yeah, I, I suppose it's your you take this it is on, your baby. This is your yeah. And um, you feel very personally yeah, about very it. personal about it. Yeah, and I used to you know I used to respond to every customer email for for years and, and when you know even then it's the same sense of they they email you saying I don't like my arrangement for whatever reason and you're literally you don't have a sinking moment like it you know that is the worst it gets is when a customer doesn't like what you're doing and then you've got to work out why and how you can make it better it's what makes small businesses I think so um powerful because you as the boss are hearing exactly that and you're able to say right what are we going to do yeah it's got to be fixed now it, you know, no one's going home until it is fixed. Yeah, yeah. And you're able to recover yeah. quicker 
than many larger organisations. And so, Freddie, your box is sent over our uh, wall because we normally have our door locked. So we have this lovely moment, like a postboy. We have the, the box coming over our, um, he our wall. He doesn't chuck it, does he? No, no, no? Okay, very carefully <laughs> moves it through. Um, and I go in the morning in my pyjamas and I pick up the box and I always have a smile when I open your boxes. So Good. it's been a real moment to meet you. So thank well, you very no. much for your time Great and to, to chatting you to you and your warm energy and your passion for flowers it's really inspiring and um i just wish you all the luck something i ask all my guests to prepare for this podcast is a little note to their younger selves allowing you hopefully a moment in your busy hectic schedule just to think about your journey i don't know what's to come but i want to thank you in advance for sharing it with us today and so over to you Right, well, yeah, a bit nervous about writing this, but... Dear young Freddie, I hope you're very well. I'm writing a letter to you whilst on the train to Glasgow, and opposite me is our very beautiful pregnant wife, Sophie. I'm meant to be writing you a letter offering some advice. However, I'm having some trouble doing this. Not because there aren't many things you could have done better, but because if I tried to give you any advice, then you might end up differently to how you are now. And you are so far content with how you are now, although there is a long way to go. God, I feel bizarrely emotional. How weird. It, it happens. <laughs> Keep going. You could have worked much harder on your music degree. However, your failure here is what made you work harder and brought you into the world of flowers. <clears throat> One thing we are trying to do is make sure we spend enough time with mum and dad. Family is crucial and it's important you think about this. Keep checking in on your brother, Ed. You must stay friends forever. So my simple advice to you is carry on as you are. Be nice to everyone. It's very important. And carry on asking lots of questions. You learn a lot that way. Some friends tell us we ask a few too many. You must ignore them. It would be weird if we ever did meet. As you know, we'd probably just get awkward. So make sure you have fun and enjoy yourself. You're going to have a great life. Lots of love, Freddie. So Thank weird. You. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. And um, congratulations. And I know that your future is um, just going to be blooming marvellous. <laughs> Thank, Thank you very you. much, Holly. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Nat West, again for sponsoring this podcast. It's great to partner with an organisation that believes in empowering people in business. That's why they developed the NatWest Business Hub, which is full of information, tips and insights to help business owners meet their goals. Go to natwestbusinesshub.com to get started. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Conversations of Inspiration. I want as many people as possible to believe that they can build a business doing what they love. So could I ask a favour? If you like what you're listening to, would you rate, review and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify or your favourite podcast provider? It will help others find this podcast and may just be the inspiration they need to follow their dreams. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down. Where we're going, you won't need to bring your frown. You will find that all the things that I have said will come to when you are lying in your bed and if you want your friends to come